Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. Let's everybody rise up to our feet this morning and give the Lord some praise and a shout. Yes, 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 yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, my. Look around, find a mother nearby and say Happy Mother's Day. We have some incredible mothers here at POBC. And I know we have some guests this morning that are visiting with us. Thank you for being here today. Somebody fell behind that little wall. I guess they're all right. If they're not, we'll check on them after the service is over today. Thank you, Brother Caleb and Sister Linda. If you're a guest here today, I, I just I want you to know that makes us very, very uncomfortable. Nobody knows more than me and my wife, Brother Ryan and Sister Sherry, that we couldn't do any of this without number one, Jesus Christ and all the wonderful people here. Brother Caleb and everybody stand. I want to remind you that there are a good number of people who are on the front lines out there that came out of this church. They're pastoring churches, one like Brother Roy Johnson and his wife who are here for Mother's Day from pastoring in Coffeeville, Kansas. And uh, I just think of so many, and Brother Richard Smoke is with us today, who drove all day yesterday to be with his mother the first time he said he thinks in 20 years are over because he's a missionary in Tanzania, and he's either in Africa or traveling, raising money on Mother's Day for 20 years. So a lot of great things are happening. Happy Mother's Day. Well, I have my work cut out for me this morning. That's why I brought a hammer with me. And four nails. That's a tent peg, in case you didn't know. We'll preach to you this morning. I know you got flowers waiting. Your roses are out there, and you're ready to roll. I thought about a lady this morning. How many of you are familiar with Nona Freeman? If you've never read any of her books, don't read them unless you want to be changed forever. Nona Freeman had a mother by the name of Carrie Eastridge. Carrie Eastridge was about that big around, and she lived to be 237 years old. She did live to be an older lady. She had a son by the name of Jerry, and he was very rebellious. He, uh, Carrie Eastridge's stories are endless. She was a woman of God. She walked with God in a powerful way. But she was a little old school, and so her son Jerry had been coming home drunk on Saturday night. 
So Sister Eastridge admonished him, don't ever come back to this house drunk. Now he was a young man, he wasn't married yet, so next Saturday night in his drunken state he came back to the house. Got into bed and while he slept, Sister Carrie Eastridge just woke up and she took some thread and a needle whatever she had, and she sewed him up. He was drunk. She never woke him up. She sewed him up in the sheet. Now, I heard Jerry Esther tell this story. All he knows is he woke up, and she had a rod in her hand. And he said, I looked and looked for the hole in the sheet to get out. And she beat him to a pulp, and he said, you know what? I didn't quit drinking until years later, but I never came back to the house drunk. (laughs) My title this morning is from Proverbs 31. It says, she rises while it is yet night. Proverbs 31 and 10 says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. It's interesting how the writer penned these words, far above rubies. Now that word virtuous is a a strange, unique word. It was translated from a Hebrew word, Kayil, it means a force. This is going to sound a little different than virtuous, but I'm just going to share with you what I found out in my study. It means a force. It also means an army. It means virtue, valor, strength. This same Hebrew word, Kayil, is translated in the King James Bible 56 times to the word army. I don't want anybody smiling when I make this next statement. But I've met a few wives that would compare to an army, no smiling, valor or strength. 37 times it was translated valor. 13 times it was translated Strength. Who is this woman that Proverbs 31 describes as a virtuous woman? Now I'm going to paraphrase what is said of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. Said her husband trusts her. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She willingly works with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She brings food from afar. For the working mothers in our church, that translates, she stops off at Popeye's on the way home from work (laughs) and brings food from afar. This woman in Proverbs 31 is described as a real estate agent. Sister Smoke, I didn't know you were here. I just saw him back there. Or y'all are still together, right? 
All right. So he, she's sitting over there with her boy. See ya. I know the feeling. You always get shoved out for these kids, and that's the way God wants it to be. This, wo- this woman in Proverbs 31 is a real estate lady. She buys property and sells it. With the money she made from the sale of this property, she plants a garden, a vineyard. She strengthens her arms. This is what the Bible said about her. I don't think it means she's a member of Planet Fitness. She not only provides food for her family, she provides food for all the neighbors and all the servants. She never turns out her lamp at night. I'm just taking this out of the Bible. She sews clothes for her family. Cold weather never frightens her because she has already put warm clothes on her family. Clothes, by the way, that she made. She helps feed the poor people in town. She can tell you when something for sale is a good deal. She reaches out her hands to the needy. Her husband brags on her at the city gate. That's the city council meeting. She opens her mouth. Are y'all still with me? And wisdom flows out. Her tongue is the law of kindness. She is never idle. Her kids and her husband praise her. And now we're all asking, who is this woman? She is from another planet. But I picked some words in verse 15 for my text that said, she rises while it is yet night. Would you just say that with me? She rises while it is yet night. Jesus said, men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. Now, without me rattling off some boring statistics, which I could do, just let me say to this beautiful congregation this morning, it's nighttime in America. That's not a political statement. That's a theological statement. It's nighttime, people. This lady rises up when it is night. The Me Too movement has turned every man into a sexual harasser especially men like me because I'm kind of old and I'm white. We've been taking a beating lately. We took a licking, but we're still ticking. This morning, are you with me now? Y'all better get with me. 
Your roses will not wilt before I get through preaching, I promise. I rise up to applaud every lady, not just mothers, but every godly lady who knows in her heart it's nighttime and I don't mind getting up. I don't mind rising up. Now all of you young people don't remember Harper Valley PTA. But the lady in Harper Valley PTA read her daughter's note from school advising the mother that her daughter's dress was too short. So the mother in Harper Valley went to the school board meeting, I suppose, and exposed all the hypocrisy. You can listen to it on YouTube after you leave today for all you young people. In the book of Judges chapter 4, it's a neat story about a lady by the name of Deborah. Verse 4 says, she was a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth. She was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Verse number 8 said, And Barak said to her, I, If you will go with me, then I will go. Now they're living in bondage to a heathen nation that worshiped idol gods. He said, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you're not going, I'm not going. So she said in verse 9, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. An article a couple of weeks ago caught my eye. It was written by Lee Grady. It was entitled, Asia's Churches Empower Women. So should we. Grady had just returned from a trip to Singapore While he was in Singapore, he noticed the difference that Christian women were making in that city and in all of Asia, most especially China. And he asked a question, a couple of questions that I thought after I read the article, I wouldn't mind asking today. Are we holding our godly women back? And if we are, it's time to cease. Shh. Don't anybody breathe real loud right now. Somebody's going to think you've got asthma. And maybe a more important question is how do we make sure that our godly women are empowered and released to do the work God called us to do. I was reminded as I 
prepared my message that it was a woman by the name of Ruby Clemens who had just returned home with her husband as a missionary in South America. Ruby Clemens preached at a youth camp the night that I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was one year later at that same youth camp in Lufkin that a lady by the name of Vesta Mangan stirred my soul like few others have ever done. And in one single message, she birthed a fear of God in me. I told Sister Mangan personally, you scared the Hades out of me. Literally. To say she put a fear of God in me that night is an understatement. She birthed in me over these many years when I've heard her preach perhaps more than any other person the desire to establish a consistent, fervent prayer life. It was a lady who did this for me. If you've never read Nona Freeman's books, she has many of them, and you should read of the impact that one lady had on on the nation of Africa that I might stand up here and say today, lives on until this day. Could I get a witness from Brother and Sister Smoke in the house this morning? Ladies, you are already empowered. When John said we have an anointing, he was not excluding the ladies in our churches. We are all anointed. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. We tried to drive this home to the men at Dominion Men's Conference a couple of weeks ago in Tioga. This Monday morning or Monday afternoon, I received a text from J.B. Sims who was attending our men's conference and he said, this past Monday at our church, I was hit with three emergency situations. At 5.30 in the morning, my phone rang with a call for urgent prayer. One of our members had suffered a serious stroke. By 6.30, I was at the hospital in Pensacola with his wife, and we were praying in the room. Got a call, another member of the church in another city was suddenly stricken from an infection in his blood, a bacteria in his blood. Said later during the day, another man in the church fell and fractured his pelvis in two places. But he said, you see, we gave all the men who registered a little wristband and asked them to wear it for 30 days. This wristband says, I have an anointing. Brother Sims was reminded that he has an anointing. We gave every man a little bottle of oil. 
that says dominion, Louisiana men's ministry. I'm going to paraphrase the rest of what he said. Recognizing from that conference that I am anointed, I took my bottle of oil and I went and anointed every one of those men in the name of Jesus Christ. I called him on Friday to see how these men were doing that we had been called to pray about. He said, they're all doing marvelous. I told you that to tell all you women this. You have an anointing. You might as well say amen. I wish a lady who believed that would just stand up and shout amen to me this morning. You have an anointing. You are anointed by God to do the work of a ministry. You can do things a man cannot do, and I say that in the fear of God. We cannot and will not ignore verses in the Bible that talk both in the Old and the New Testament about great men and women and women of God. Be reminded this morning that the apostle Peter quoting Joel on the day of Pentecost said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Paul said, he talked about a woman who prayed or prophesied with her head uncovered. Those two verses alone let me know that women in the New Testament church had an anointing. Paul tells us further of Phoebe and Euodia and Cynthia and Junia and the daughters of Philip who were called prophets. We're told about Aquila and his wife Priscilla who were mightily used of God to win Apollos to the New Testament church. And many believe that Apollos wrote the book of Hebrews. I'm making an appeal today to all of you ladies, you godly women. Deborah called herself a mother in Israel. I want to tell you women, number one, you are needed in the kingdom of God. You are not needed to fill a pew or occupy a pew or just have babies for us to raise in the church You have giftings. You are called to spiritual warfare just as much as a man is called to spiritual warfare. And if you want to know the truth, I don't know a man on this planet that can pray like a godly mother on this planet who goes and stands in the hedge and makes up the gap for her children. Give the Lord a hand clap right now. She gets up when it's night, and it's nighttime. We need some ladies to get up. Many nations over the years, in fact, most nations, over the years have forbidden women to serve in combat roles in the military. And this is not, what I'm telling you, is not a defense for it 
or a plea against it, neither one. What I do know is that in the land of Israel, that little nation with a land mass size equal to that of one of our smallest states in the United States, New Jersey, they feel they have no choice. Both men and women are conscripted into the armed forces and everybody's going to serve their time helping defend Israel. That little tiny nation is surrounded by people who would love to annihilate them. I do know that there are many women who have given their lives, 535 female Israeli soldiers have been killed in combat operations. That's from 1962 to 2016. Women were forced to serve, but they gladly served. They didn't have a choice. They had to defend themselves. This morning, I am calling all godly women to spiritual warfare. God doesn't conscript anybody into this battle. Are you hearing me? His army is all volunteer. You sign up for this battle. Are you with me? God's calling women who will rise up. They're not waiting to be drafted. They're rising up to say, I'm available. I'll be a prayer warrior. I'll be a teacher. I'll lead my family. I'll be a worshiper. I'll be a praise leader. I'll be whatever I have to be. But it's nighttime in America, and I'm getting up. It's nighttime in the world, and I'm getting up. Oh, my God, I wish we could awaken a sleeping giant in America today. I know what somebody's saying. What can I do? I'm just one woman. I will tell you what Abraham Lincoln, who I consider to be the greatest president of our nation, said. He said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my sweet mother, my angel mother. I do know this. A nation was divided over slavery. He did not have one member of his cabinet that was wanting him to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. But one man, when everybody else was against it on his cabinet, said, I am signing the Emancipation Proclamation. And with one signature, he's freed millions of slaves in America. The battle wasn't over, but a man stood up and he said, whatever I may be, I owe to my sweet angel mother. I'm telling you women, one, one lady can make a difference in the kingdom of God. Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. Did you see that little mother who stood in front of that abortion clinic last week in Pennsylvania? She was alone, and a state representative began to video her, and he chided her. He called her a bigot, 
he called her names and quietly in prayer, she kept her head bowed. One lady, one woman. This video went on for several minutes. I watched it until I got tired of watching it. But that little woman stayed there and she stood strong. But it didn't stay that way forever because by the weekend, over a thousand strong had watched that video and showed up at that abortion clinic. One lady made a difference and brought the attention of a nation on an abortion clinic in Pennsylvania. Can I tell you, it's nighttime in America. Can I tell you, one person can make a difference. Do you understand that there are more black babies aborted in New York City than there are that are born? It's nighttime in America, but come on, ladies, get up in the night. Oh, I can't make a lot of difference. Oh, yes, you can. You can make a lot of difference. You can stand up for godliness. You can stand up for righteousness. You don't have to bow to the culture of our world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't have to bow to the culture of this world. You may have to be like that one lady in Pennsylvania and you may have to stand by yourself. But I'm gonna tell you, listen to me, who's gonna be behind you? Every godly man in this church is behind you. Oh, clap your hands and shout out to God. With a voice of triumph. Are you ready to get up in the night? Mama, Deborah's name has two words, B-B-E-E, and eloquent. That's not be eloquent as you're thinking. It's a bee, a honeybee, and, an, and it means eloquent. Refers both to the bee's eloquence and how they set things in order. Deborah was a judge. She refused to live in bondage. I noticed, first of all, as I read Josh, Judges chapter 4, that Deborah stood alone. For the Bible said, when the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, Everybody else was going the wrong way. But Deborah stayed true to the one true God, Jehovah. She was a prophetess, not in name only, but in action. Years ago, before we had in our fellowship women's ministry, it went by a different name. It was called Ladies Auxiliary. Am I right, Sister Stokely? So one year, years ago at a general conference, there was a resolution from the ladies department of our fellowship to change the name from Ladies Auxiliary to Women's Ministry. There was an old preacher who's now deceased by the name of S.W. Chambers, one time was the superintendent, and he got up and spoke against the resolution. 
And this was his argument. I never forgot it. He said, all females are women. But not all females are ladies. I was in favor of the resolution and voted for it. I had a vote. Because I never was real privy to the word auxiliary. The definition of the word auxiliary means providing supplementary or additional help and support. In fact, one definition is a naval vessel with a supporting role, not armed for combat. I don't know any mothers who are not armed. You want to be a successful pastor, you better keep the kids happy. Ladies, hear me this morning. You're not an auxiliary. You're armed. You're ready for war. And it's nighttime in America. Get up. Rise up in the night. Put on the whole armor of God. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh my. So when they went to battle in Judges 4, the musicians are coming. I'm going to close. That old wicked king of Syria was running for his life. They had four... 900 chariots of iron. They were out, man, but God brought victory to them that day. (laughs) So this old king is running for his life. He's running across the country and he comes to a tent where a lady lived by the name of Jael. She was Heber's wife. She waved him into her tent. Come on in. He'd been running, huffing, and puffing, and panting. He gets in the door. He said, you got to hide me. He said, I'm thirsty. I need a drink. She goes over and gets some milk and said, here, drink this milk. (laughs) She lays him down on a little bed. She covers him up all sweet and nice. I can almost see her tucking him in. There was maybe visions of sugar plum dancing in his head. I don't know. You'll be all right here, you old wicked king. She got him to sleep. Who does something like this? She got a tent peg. And she dug around in daddy's toolbox and found a hammer. And that poor old sucker, I know I'm not supposed to use that word sucker preaching, but he got suckered. He's laying there under the tent. She, can I get a volunteer? Come on, Jake. Just lay out here, buddy. 
Yeah, just lay down there. Go out now. You're going to have to, yeah, lay right there on your belly. I don't know. Just turn that head. I can, can you see that lady getting that temp peg positioned just right? No, I want you to put your head sideways, son. Can you see he's sleeping? Who does something like this? This is in the Bible. Woo! I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Sister Sherry. Do you think Jake would be laying up here if he thought I was going to do it? She's got to get it just right because she's only got one shot at it. And the Bible said she drove that stake into his temple and when she, he didn't wake up. The Bible said he fell at her feet and she went out and made an announcement, hey, Y'all are coming through. I got him in here. You can go sit down, Jake. You made it. You survived, buddy. She only had one shot at it. Because if she would have missed, he probably could have rose up and overpowered her. But she didn't miss. Ladies, can I tell you, it's nighttime in America. I'm not asking you to pin anybody to the wall. I thought about that lady in Atlanta when she had an intruder come into her house and her husband, she called her husband. He said, get under the stairwell, get my Glock, back up against the wall, and if he opens that door, start pulling that trigger. He wasn't ready for that day. He wasn't ready for the Glock. I thought about this woman in Israel. Do you know what Deborah said in the next chapter when she sang her song? When that lady picked up that hammer and she picked up that tent peg, said the stars in their courses started fighting for her. Rise up, women. Rise up, godly women. Rise up. We got a shot at it. You said, I feel like I'm all by myself. No, you're not by yourself. We're all behind you. Hallelujah. We're all behind you. I got one shot at it. I got one opportunity to raise my kids. I got one prayer meeting. I, if, if I could get four women who would jump up right now, and, and I'm, I'm serious about what I'm saying. I need four ladies to come say, hey, I'm gonna do, I've got three already coming, so I need one more. Y'all, if you want it, you guys, four, you waited too late. You can reach up and pick up one in the spirit, amen? Now, y'all don't do what she did to your husband, please. You can't have the hammer. It's borrowed, amen. But I'm trying to make a point to you this morning. If you'll rise up, the stars in their courses will rise up behind you. If you believe what I'm preaching, stand to your feet and clap your hands in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I need some mothers to come right quick. Maybe you're not a mother biologically, but you're a mother. I want you to come. I want you to line up across the front of this building before we go get our roses. And I'm going to pray over you.
When I give my wife a card, I always sign it. There's no me without you. And I sincerely mean it. There's no me without this lady. We feel that way about the women in our church. We don't have a church without you. Thank God for the men who rose up. Because when I was a kid, it was the ladies who just about did everything at the church. They led the singing. They filled the prayer rooms. I don't know what was going on in those days. Thank God we turned that around. And fathers became prophets and priests, providers, protectors of their homes. I want every head bowed right now. I'm fixing to pray over these women. God, nobody represents our church like our women. Nobody. We know that. When I walk in the store, nobody looks at me and said, here comes that Pentecostal man. But when our ladies walk in the store, they, here comes that Pentecostal lady. But Holy Father, I'm praying right now that these godly women will be known for more than the way they look. That when they walk into the crowd, the anointing of God will be upon them. They'll recognize it's not just sons that prophesy. It's daughters in this last day. I'm preaching to some mothers whose kids are away from God right now. I'm praying for mothers whose sons and daughters are away from God. It's nighttime, Lord. Give these women the strength they need to rise up. Let the stars in their courses go to work. Give them boldness, oh God, to know that old wicked king's in my tent, but God's going to help me. Not everything's going my way. God, give them the wisdom to know right now when to say no and when to say yes when to stand up, when to get up. I'm praying it in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. Let an anointing rise up on these ladies right now. Let a Holy Ghost anointing rise up. It's not just the preacher that's anointed. We're all anointed, John said, we have an unction. Let that anointing flow into them right now. Woo, hallelujah. Let them know when they close that door in prayer. They're anointed to pray. Let them know when they raise their voice in song. They're anointed to sing. Let them know that when they give a witness to someone who needs God, they're anointed. All of them. We won't hold them back. We release them right now in the name of Jesus. We release them right now in the name of Jesus. And somebody shout amen. Every hand to heaven right now before we go home. Let the anointing of the Lord flow right now. You husbands and fathers and whoever you may be, stretch forth your hand.
in the name of Jesus. There's a little breeze of the Holy Ghost moving in here right now. chapter 5 of Judges verse number 31 so the land had rest for 40 years because of one lady two ladies Deborah said there wasn't a sword in Israel thank God there was a hammer Step out in faith in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord some uproarious praise right now. Go on your way rejoicing today. Walk out of here, ladies. Maybe we should get you a wristband that said, I am anointed. Hallelujah, there's an army rising up. Army rising up. Whoa, to break every chain. Mother's Day, no service tonight. BOBC. 